0: welcome to your podcast leadership is tricky where we'll tackle various topics challenges and experiences as it relates to your investment in leadership so let's design success together now your hosts
1: I made the decision to hand off the operations to somebody completely different and he had a he has a much different way of thinking, but it was 100% in line with the culture of the organization. And there was that trust factor. He had been working with me for a while and the, the trust factor was there. And so when I handed that baton over, I not only handed it over, I moved out of my office. I gave him my office for optics. So everybody knew who was running the show at that point. And so I kept the CEO hat while he took over the president COO hat. And I needed to keep that separation. So I was handling everything on the outside of the company. He's handling everything on the inside of the company. And look, that's hard to do when you've grown up for 20 years in, in a company. Um, but boy, it's much easier when you have somebody to hand that baton to that you trust. And finding that person was not easy, but I, I found that person. And and feel very blessed
0: about that. That that's amazing. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. As I would tell you, I'm fairly young. You know, I would tell you, um, I don't know if I could do that.
2: I mean, the, and the way that that you describe it, you know, you you nurtured and cared for this company somewhat like a child for twenty years, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, here's the keys. I'm gonna go over here and do the out and out and out, or the out and uh, you know, just customer facing kind of part of the company. And then he's going to take care of the uh, the care and feeding that you were doing. Um, wow! So, h- how was the initial shock of that to you? Like, how how did that? go for you for the next, you know, several days, months, year, I guess.
1: That's a great question. Okay, so again, failures. Um I I did it at the end of December. I started planning it in the fall, communicated it to the entire organization, and while everybody was gone for Christmas, I snuck into my office, cleaned the whole thing out, and left. January 1st, I thought what am I gonna do with my extra time? because at that point when I moved out of the office, um, I still didn't have a clear plan on what is my CEO role and, and how I was gonna step through it and I had also asked to take a few uh, to not work a full- time full-time job so it was I cut down my hours. Well, gosh, I got so nervous now remember most entrepreneurs are. Um, have a little ADD because we are always wanting to do things always wanted to be busy always wanted and and I made a really silly mistake and I started joining boards um, thinking that what in the world am I possibly going to do with this extra time and although I had sat on a couple I I had sat on a couple um, nonprofit boards I joined a couple more and I joined a, a another organization's board and then About two months later, I realized, oh, boy, you've just completely overcommitted yourself.
2: You're working 120-hour weeks now. You're even busier now than you thought you would. I mean, before, probably. So
1: much for for taking it easy. Um, Mm. My husband gives me a lot of grief because he says you're busier now. Um, So my advice is if you're going to do what I did, take a couple months off before you start committing. Take a deep breath. It's everything's gonna be okay, and um, maybe you won't do what I did, which is jump in head first. Um And and now I'm just crazy busy. So
0: it's interesting because you took a step away so you can work on work life balance, and then you yeah. threw it. You threw through that out the all the balance down. on the work side, right? <laughs> so 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 now you're now you know today um, you know how's that integrated life working for yourself?
1: Yeah, it, it's actually it's really actually working well. I, I do have, you know, every quarter I have board meetings, a whole bunch of board meetings, my corporate board, NT concepts. Um, and then I have a couple company boards and then I have a lot of nonprofits. Um, it has always been my goal. Look ever since I started NT concepts, um, giving back to our community is, is been integrated into the the company. So for me to sit on a lot of nonprofits and do a whole lot of service work now, that's really, um, the meaning of my life. If, if I can, you know, be cliche-ish, um, it's, uh, you know, you kind of sit back when, when I turned 50 and said, really, what's this all about? Um, uh, and, and now, so I'm on the second half of my journey, which is now giving back to the community, which I've always done. Like I said, my, my father was a huge influence on teaching me that I don't care how little you have, you always have something to give. And integrated it into the culture of the organization was always important to me. But allowing me now some extra time to do service work is, is really uh, a joy for me. And and with my kids, I, I take my kids on a lot of the service trips now at a very early age to teach them at a young age. It's very similar to what my dad did.
2: So, Michelle, do you mind sharing with the audience just some of the activities, the charities, some of the initiatives that you feel really passionate about nowadays that you're involved with?
1: Sure. So I have been on the board of directors of Gabriel Homes, which is a um, residential housing for people with mental um, disabilities for 23 years now, 23 years. So well, well, before I started the company, I was um, on the board, but the, and and we, and, but the company, I got the, um, got the company involved early on. In the beginning, it was kind of in the Um, friends and family, we would go do runs and organize events. And then later on, we would stroke a check. And then later on, um, we would have events. And I remember one person saying that they felt, uh, I overheard him saying he felt obligated to go to this event that the corporation was putting on. And oh my gosh, my heart sank. That is not what I wanted to do. So I stopped stroking the check and I stopped creating these corporate um, events that we dictated. And I started doing a grassroots um, effort where the employees would serve with another employee and share with us the story of who they served and why they served. And then we would donate to that charity. But I wouldn't say who the the nonprofit is. I would let the employees bring it to us. That has been a much better experience. So coming out of that, um, one of the uh, nonprofits that we we go a couple year or a couple trips a year. We go down to the Dominican to build homes. Um, the Dominican Republic down in um, has uh, an organization called um, Homes of Hope. Homes of Hope attaches himself to YWAM, and as a company, we go down and bring about twenty five to thirty people down on each build. Um, in over a couple day period and build homes for deserving families down there but what's really awesome is that we get to bring our families as well and so I took my um girls on their first trip when they were six and eight and I thought um thought I was a little young you know and so I I brought my niece down there to kind of watch them on on the build but my six-year-old she had just turned six the day we um we landed down there um Got to go into other people's homes and look at the dirt floor and look up at the roof that's leaking, but then realize that the little girl she was playing with is just like her. And even though they could not speak the same language, they knew that language of play and had a, a really good time. So now fast forward, I came home and and we are saying our prayers in bed. And she says, you know, we pray for the sick and we pray um, for our family and we have a section that we are thankful for. And she stops and she says that, you know, thank you, God, for my food. Thank you for my friends. And then she pauses and I thinking, what is she thinking about? And then she finally says, thank you for letting me have a roof that doesn't leak. And I thought, oh, she got it. She brought back something from this service trip that I think is the seed and I'm supposed to now watch it grow as she gets older. So that, that is what um, is joyful for me is I'm kind of passing the baton that my father passed to me, to my children through letting them see the service work in action.
2: How can I follow that up? That's I, I, as a, you know, a father myself, I, I, That's incredible. I did some service trips myself as a kid down to Mexico through our church, and I know exactly what you're talking about with seeing, you know, kids and families living, you know, 10 people to a one-room place, and you think to yourself, like, how do they make it work? But they do, because they have their family, they have their faith, they have their community to lean on, and I think that's maybe something we're missing today, so the more of Michelle's that are out there doing this kind of work with other people, with their kids. I mean, the the world will just be better because of that.
1: That's very sweet. I will say that there are a lot of us out there, all, all of us. Um, I think that the media doesn't focus on it. And so we feel like there's not a lot of them, but every time I go on a mission trip and I meet the missionaries, I come back thinking, Oh, there's so much more that I should be doing because they, they are doing the, the hard work. Um, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Um, and, and you know what, I, it, one of the organizations that I'm involved in is called the leadership center and, um, politics aside, I just feel that, um, the leadership center is a school, a women's school in Honduras. And, wouldn't it be just so joyful in this world if we would stop building walls to keep people out and start building communities in their own home? Because they really do want to stay in their community, but it's an unsafe environment for them. And so that leadership center is, is educating women and giving back to their community and build their community up. And so I, you know, of course, being a woman and um, and an entrepreneur, this school is teaching women who want to go back and start a business, how to go back to their hometown and start a business. And then you would think that through generations, the young girls will see women leaders and then they'll want to do it as well. And you guys have girls. So, you know, that. Your role as a father, you I know Eric very well and his role mm. and what he does, but I'm sure that you're the same way, um, that you guys realize that you you hold a really important um, piece to their puzzle uh, in teaching that.
0: Yeah, so uh, we, we talk a lot about um, our daughters, you know, and we, we always get choked up. <laughs> Um, Mm. you know, and, and, and I will tell you for, for my daughters, they're extremely bright and, and you kind of hit on it earlier about, you know, being a woman in it and just at your time back then, there wasn't a lot of, um, women in that field. Mm. Um, I don't see, and there's studies out there that talk about, there's not a lot of women in CEO positions in fortune 500 companies. And I did the research and it's like 39, um, minority, you know, CEOs and fortune 500 companies. And in that was women, women of color, men of color. Um, yeah. So for me, it's, it's looking out at people like you, um, to show my daughters that they can be who they want to be. And that they have opportunities and they have pathways to become who they want to be in this world. And, um, I promote leadership at home, um and and we have those discussions where, you know, and, and I and I'll tell a story. So there was a you know, one of my daughter's teachers, you know, when we had our parent teacher conference, talked about my daughter being extremely bossy, um, and having a strong personality. And I told <laughs> him, I was like, Well, what is she doing? And when the teacher explained to my wife what it was, and my wife told me, I got angry because my daughter's just exercising leadership. She wants to show other kids um how to do things. Um, she wants to show other kids that it's okay to, you know, be risky, be brave. Um, and yeah. And does my daughter voice her opinion? Yeah. She gets it from her daddy. Um, (laughs) But But uh, what
1: a wonderful thing, you know, they, they use the word bossy when it's a. funny that you don't hear bossy very much when it's a boy. No, that's Um, spot on.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and you see it in the workplace. I mean, um, when, when you look around the table and you don't see enough women at the table, um, with a voice, you know, it bothers me. Um, and you don't see enough minorities at the table and it bothers me, um, -hmm. because it's still a white male dominated society. And until we can just have that conversation and acknowledge that and look for ways to break down some of those biases, those prejudices, and, um, those barriers, you know, um, we're going to be where we're at, but I think it's, doing that type of work, um, getting behind a lot of these causes and empowering women to do these types of things and be leaders, whether it's in their community or the boardroom, whatever it is, um, will be better for it um, at the end of the day. And Yes,
1: yeah, so the, the, you know, the Me Too movement came out of the fact that women just didn't feel like they had a voice. And if, if we can all um, teach our little girls to have voices, A me too will never happen again. So we need to learn from that lesson and teaching your child leadership at a very early age is exactly what a father should be doing or any parent should be doing. Um, It is a a voice that's lending them a voice. And I I really hope Eric, that when your girls are my age or even in their twenties, that the whole first will stop being there. The first, you know, woman of color, the first CEO um, woman. I, I, I really hope that those are, will be behind us.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so, too. I just think that uh, society is extremely young and naive. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, by the time my daughters get there, um, you know, we've broken down those barriers. And, then, you know, people like you have uh, kind of sparked that movement um, and, and, pa- and paved the way for them. Um, so one, I thank you for that. Um, but, but going back to the purpose, right? Cause you, you kind of touched on it, what your purpose was to serve. I think it's important that people understand that they need to live their purpose. Um, and one, one, they got to figure it out and then they have to live it. If not, they're always going to live someone else's purpose. Um, but so, so you talked a little bit about, um, your father and his impact on your life. And you talked about, people that have given you advice and provided you mentorship, you know, what's your view on mentoring others? Um, and you know, you know, what are some unique aspects of your mentoring sessions that you have that aren't, you know, typical that, you know, we would read in a book or something?
1: Anybody who asks for advice, I will sit down and give them. I do mentor quite a few business owners. Um, people who are brand new at, Owning a business or people who have had it for 10 years and just need advice. And on a quarterly basis, I'm sitting down and having lunch with. And look, I don't have all the answers, um, but I, I'd be happy to connect them up with people who might have the answers. So I think it's really important for us to all support each other. I'm a huge supporter of people starting businesses, huge supporter of helping them through that process. Um, but also, uh, mentoring girls in STEM has always been really important to me. And I, you know, started many, many years ago, a, um, a program with women in technology that was called, um, that was attached to like more of a girls in technology. And we had women business owners come out and speak with them because I think sometimes they just need to know that, there are lots of women business owners out there and that they can do it. Um, I So the the mentoring side is everything from the kids all the way up to adults. And again, I don't know everything. And in many times I'm sitting in chairs feeling like a protege, and in other times I'm feeling like a mentor. And isn't that going to be that way for the rest of our lives, right? We're constantly on a journey to learn.
2: That's the best kind of relationship to have, I think, is we should be learning from each other. It shouldn't be a one way directional you know, conversation or, you know, thou shalt listen to me because I have X number of more years of experience. I've done this more. I've had had these positions of authority or whatever. I mean,
0: and we've heard a lot of that this week.
2: We have, you know, just speaking to some of our other contacts and uh, it it. it flabbergast me sometimes when I hear that because it has nothing to do with that at the end of the day.
0: Now, I think that's kind of why we started this platform too, is the, and we, we talk about it in our intro is like, let's design success together, right? We, we all want to be successful when it comes to leadership and leadership is about learning. It's about putting ourselves in that unavoidable path of learning or those that are under our care in the unavoidable path of learning. And if we aren't learning, we're not leading. So, um, yeah, I, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. Like when we have these conversations, like right now, you know, I'm learning from you, Michelle, I'm learning from Steve. Um, and I'm taking little tidbits of that to make myself a better leader, better person, et cetera. So, yeah, I think it's important when we sit down mm-hmm. with mentees, um, mm-hmm. or mentors, you know, that the role might shift during the conversation and, and I'm, so gonna I, learn something. I,
1: I, I have like a leadership mantra that I follow. Um, mm-hmm and it changes every, you know, couple of years, but, but I, and I've spoken to you, I think Eric about this before, but I, I call it my heat model and I look for other leaders who follow that heat model. And my heat is, um, honesty, empathy, uh, accountability and trust. Those are the um, pillars that I'm looking for in a leader and honesty and trust are kind of my bookends because with, Um, honesty comes trust, but my two middle letters of empathy and accountability are extremely important to me. You know, the empathy takes me back to that day that Janice, um, you know, received that calendar, but you don't always, you're not always going to give that person what they want, but if you can certainly put yourself in their shoes and show the empathy, um, that is extremely important, I think, in any leader. And then, of course, accountability is a touch point to me. You know, if I'm not going to punish you, but boy, be accountable and let's learn our lessons and move on. And it's really hard to work with people who don't follow that mantra when you're following that mantra. Um, and of course, over time, that that heat model may morph. But that's kind of what I look for in, in
0: leaders as well. So we have this conversation a lot about values. So beliefs will change all the time, right? Mm. But if your core values and, like you said, your your heat mantra—I mean, that's a good mantra, right? That's your value system, and I don't think that should change. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but your beliefs might change, right? Mm. What does accountability mean to you? That might—you know—those that measurement might change. Um, you know, honesty and trust being in your bookends that might not change, but that empathy and that uh, accountability piece. Um,
2: those it, are the things that basically you can never, you know, cross that line. Those are the things you'll always make sure that you are, are, you know, showing professing, holding others, you know, to the same standard, because I'm only going to associate people with that kind of share that same value system that I have.
0: Yeah. That's your authentic self, right? right? We talk about authenticity all the time and you could be off, if you can remain authentic to that premise, I think you're okay. And no matter what business you're in or what relationship you're in. And you
1: bring up a good point. The, um, the core values of NT concepts have always been the same core values. We just, um, we make them fun. Like, um, you know, be truly candid is one of our core values. And then we have a little sentence yeah, the eight. to, we have a, a sentence that uh, explains it in a fun way, but the, um, I, I think every family needs to have core values too. And I think it needs to be documented. And as your kids get older, you sit down and you rediscuss your core values, but it's shelfware unless you live it. And so it, at, at NT Concepts, when um, we talk about living up to the core value, we, we might say, look, I'm going to be truly candid with you. And because I preface with that, they know they're about to get an honest, uh, true statement or maybe a blunt statement, maybe something they don't like to hear. At my In my family, the four of us sit down. And we've discussed what our core values are. We document core values. They hang, you know, in our in our house. But at some point, we should probably readdress that and make sure we all still believe in those core values because that should be that guiding light. Um,
0: Yes, exactly. True north.
2: So back to your, you know, your organization, NT Concepts. Um, So what are some of the cool things that you do to motivate? your workforce there, you know, based around the values that you said haven't changed. Um, just how do you keep people kind of pushing the status quo and making the organization so even better? Than really?
1: Humans? The cool part is, is I don't have to do that. When you create the culture and everybody lives with that culture, um, they invent it. Uh, we, we just had a, a big, um, charity event yesterday, a broom ball tournament. Never done broom ball before, but it was just a blast.
2: A broom ball. A what? It's like hockey with, uh, with yeah, with brooms yeah. And basically, And a little round right? ball instead of a puck. <laughs> and you don't wear skates. You're on. The, I think if you, if I hear you right, you're in tennis shoes. You're falling and
1: you got you know, it, see.
2: Okay, it's something that we. It's something people do. Come on. <laughs> but right. it was a blast.
1: Um, but you're exactly right. It, you're in sneakers and, and look, the the event just. Popped up because somebody thought it was a really cool idea to raise money this way. Um, You walk into our office, and the new office that they created is all very much what they wanted, which is a more collaborative cubicles and you know less office space, lots of openness. So it it doesn't come from me. All I did was um, dictate the core values, and that's your foundation. And as long as the employees are living by that, it remains a fun environment. Um, One of our core values is welcome entrepreneurs. And then I forget what the sentence is underneath it. But it's essentially if we're welcoming entrepreneurs, you're going to fail a majority of the time. So fail. It's okay. Fail. Let's learn our mistakes. Let's be accountable and then let's move on. And so if you you empower people to fail, gosh, it creates some really creative things out there.
0: Well, it also takes away some of the anxiety, right? You know, the, the stuffiness. So, so we work in a different space, right, where failure <laughs> is not an option. Um, and, and I get it. Sometimes it might, you know, cost something, you know, to, to happen at some point. But, yeah, there's not a lot of room for uh, growth um in in our business. Um and we talked about it all day today where um and, and I'm not gonna say any names, but you, we, we talked to a gentleman who's given his entire life to trying to make things better and, you know, based on him his reflection on where he's at and not having that opportunity to grow or given the opportunity to to, to fail, right? Sure. Um he wants to leave. Which- he wants to fold it up and give it and give in and you know and you you know this individual you know that he wants to give more but he's just defeated because there isn't that you know that 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 champion out there or that opportunity to just fail and uh and grow and it's it's kind of disappointing
2: yeah i mean everybody has that line i think and uh you know the said individual you know this person technically doesn't need to be working that much longer they they're at that kind of finish line of the career they could retire if if they wanted to Um, but the sad thing is you and I know this and the peers know it, but the leadership doesn't know it. Or if they do, they just choose to ignore because again, they're part of a machine, so to speak that, you know, the work will continue on and people come and go. And that's the saddest thing of all. And I hate to hear that. It's, I love the quote of having, you know, welcome entrepreneurs. I never thought about having that up on a wall that people could visually see, because then you incite them not only to gain, you know, new customer base and things and, and grow the company, but let's also fix things inside the company and bring those to light and go work on those passion projects that we talk about all the time. Yeah, inspire you. Things, it's sure. the only
1: yeah. way for innovation. But also, I, I'm as you guys were talking, I'm thinking, but it's like that in in the household too. You know, you're 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 raising young kids; they fail on a daily basis, um, you know, and they learn and then. They carry on when they get a little older. You, um, they should be okay saying, "Boy, I failed that one," <laughs> and and that rhetoric is quite common in this household. Um, I have one girl who um, loves to cook, but. She doesn't cook by a recipe. She just kind of goes and and sometimes it is brilliant, like the pizza that was downstairs. And then sometimes it goes straight in the trash. And we order pizza. But if if I don't give her that freedom to fail, then um, then she'll have that anxiety and, and never really want to, uh, to try something. So but you're right, Eric. It's it's um it's a shame because it does squash innovation when when you're not allowed to fail that way.
0: Yeah, and I think it also squashes improvement.
2: Yeah, I would hope that people want, when they do take those risks and put themselves out there, they're doing it with their whole selves too. I mean, it's one thing to say go fail, it's another thing if that person takes advantage of that, you know, statement or that yeah. culture value whatever it is because that that fine line you do need to kind of I would say challenge that person to, you know, you didn't really give it your all. I don't really think you did fail because you didn't try. Yeah. What do you think about that?
0: No, I I, I agree with you. And, and I also think that when I hear something like that to go out and fail is when you walk in the door, you know, you're for your first day of work, um, you know, the whole ride there, your, your, your palms are sweaty, <laughs> your throat's, you know, tight. You know, you've got you've got this brand new outfit because you never wore the outfit that you wore at your last job. You got a brand new outfit. Your shoes are (laughs) uncomfortable. um, Maybe the pantsuit is uncomfortable.
2: That Joseph A. Banks special. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Right. You spent too much money on it anyway. And you want to make a good impression. And you walk in and you see something like that to say it's okay to fail. Just imagine the relief that you have to say, you know what, this is a place where I can come. Um, be me. I can mm-hmm. give my whole self, share my intellectual, you know, horsepower, capital, whatever you want to say, and it, it's going to be all right. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I say all that because I've been there. I remember my first day at, at a job, and when we moved to DC, and you know, I spent all that money on those suits and the shoes hurt. I had blisters. It was oh, terrible. Was too <laughs> You know. So, 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 Michelle, um, you know, just to, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do to uh, ask you, you know, as we close, you know, this session with you is, you know, if you could give someone out there aspiring to be a better leader, better business person, entrepreneur, if you give them a bit of advice, you know, a parting shot, what would that be?
1: To always remember there's somebody who's walked that path before you. So ask advice. At, that's what I do. Um, and. And it's as simple as that is, Eric. The advice can be somebody who's done it before or somebody to the left or right of you. Um, But gather that advice, digest it, and then make the decision and live with that decision. It's okay if it ends up not being the right decision. Um, You went through the motions in order to do that or to make it. So... um, they say that CEOs is it's lonely at the top. I, I disagree with that. I think it's lonely at the top because they think that they should know it all and they don't. If you go and ask and listen to wonderful podcasts like this, you'll learn a lot. So that's what I'll leave you with.
0: I appreciate that. And uh, I really want to say thank you for your time. I know your time is precious. Um, And I know you really wanted to get to that pizza. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, you know, I'll turn over to you, Steve. Do you have any parting shots?
2: I want to echo that. I think, um, you know, as as you do rise into formal parts of leadership and if you forget the fact that others have done it before you, you're making a conscious choice to put yourself on that island or to be alone and the pride might get in the way of that. So, um, you know, it, it's humbling sometimes to know that you might have to ask for help and to continue to ask for help. Um, I, I, and the same, you know, breath, you, you just, have, you've got to be able to lean on others. And that's the only way, you know, we've said it on this show. I'm going to say it again. We're not going to get through this life, you know, alone if we're not leaning on each other. Um, we're not going to be successful, you know, not leveraging all of the talents that are around us and the people that are around us. So, um, it's, it's more true than not today.
0: Yeah. I think it's, you know, for, for us, we talk about it on all these episodes and we talk about leadership and we talk about all the things that we, we struggle with. Um, but we do it because we, I mean, we do all of this that we're doing today because we want to show this some vulnerability in being a leader. Um, you have to have that vulnerability in order to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things that we set out to do with this podcast was, let's just throw it out there that I don't know it all. Um, let's bear our souls here, um, and get advice from, you know, a Michelle, um, or a David King or a Shanita White or whoever Mm -hmm. that we bring on or a Colonel Smith. Um, and we've all made that choice as leaders to be vulnerable. Um, and that way we build this network so we're successful. So, um, I do want to thank our audience out there, um, for tuning in with us, uh, this this is gonna be a two part series, I think. Um, so we'll post the first um, series yeah. um, here uh, probably probably Sunday or the Sunday after. Um, but you can find us on all the major uh, podcast outlets like you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and and and. Um, and you can also reach these this episode at uh, leadershipistricky.com. Um, if you want to leave a message or a question for Michelle Bolos? please go to leadership is com. Um, go to our contact us page and that will, uh, shoot an email to me at E R I C K at leadership is com. So again, Eric at leadership is com. So Michelle, again, thank you, um, for your time. Um, I will, uh, get this out there. I will, um, Encourage everyone out there to look at some of the charities and uh, activities that Michelle is involved in with women in technology, uh, girls in technology, and some of the other um, charitable organizations that uh, she's a part of and and get involved. Um, So uh, with that, I will say goodbye.
1: Good night. Thank you.
0: All right. Bye Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.